What's up, Mzanzi? Welcome to episode 324 of Farmers Inside Tech. I'm your host, Octavius Pandil. Besides being a nuisance, flies are potential carriers of disease and have a negative impact on animal health, especially in intensive production systems where animals are kept close together. Catch Afriwit's head of pathology, Dr. Didi Klaassen, and Dr. Sarkin Nkosi, a technical veterinarian, who shares some critical information for an integrated management program where a variety of practices are used to target fly populations at different stages of development. Dr. Didi Klaassen and Dr. Saki, welcome to Farmers Inside Tech. I am absolutely excited to talk to you guys about fly management. Perhaps, Dr. Didi, you can start with us. Can you share with us how does flies have a negative impact on animal health? We always focus on the negative of flies. So I just wanted to mention that flies are necessary. If it wasn't for flies, we would have dead carcasses lying around everywhere. So they do have an important role in ecosystems. But because we are intensifying farming systems and we have a lot of cattle or sheep or goats or pigs together, even chickens, we give them nice breeding sites. We have increased numbers of flies and then they negatively impact our animals and their health. So they're not all bad, but too high numbers, then they become bad. And the effects that they have can either be direct, so that is the flies irritating the animals or basically being a nuisance. So like when we are swatting flies when we're trying to eat that principle, or they can bite the animals and then cause tissue damage. So it's direct impact that they have. And secondly, they distribute diseases. So either they can be a vector where they carry bacteria like E. coli and salmonella or viruses like lumpy skin or three-day stiff sickness, and then they transmitted from animal to animal, sort of being a carrier of these diseases. Or even anaplasmosis, gall sickness, they can carry the biting flies when they bite to suck blood, then they transmit the organism. Or trypanosoma, sleeping sickness, or nagana. It's not a disease we commonly see in South Africa, but where you have tsetse flies, you have the risk of having sleeping sickness or nagana. So that's the negative effect that they can have, either direct or indirect spreading disease. Dr. Saki, field trials have shown that dairy cattle may lose between 25 minutes and up to 5 hours of feeding time per day due to the irritation of flies. Can you perhaps explain to us what happens during that process? I hope we all know that dairy cattle are essential for milk production and to give us that precious milk, they rely on a consistent and healthy feed intake amongst other things. So the presence of flies in the environment can cause significant stress and disruption. So if you can imagine being constantly disturbed by these tiny insects that are diverting all your attention from your work and your energy, that's exactly what happens to our bovine friends. The persistent flies not only stress the cattle, but also lead to restlessness. I mean, if you think about it, if you had to fight away or swear away flies all day long, you'd hardly be at ease. And that's what our dairy cows go through every day. All this energy expenditure is a double blow to them as it diverts their precious energy away from feeding us with milk. But when the cows are confronted with intense fly attacks, they tend to cluster together. This is their way of trying to find safety in numbers and minimize exposure to the flies. But this clustering also introduces its own set of issues. It can lead to increased risks of heat stress, which is detrimental to the cow's health, completely abandoning feed intake 
And additionally, we have weight loss becoming so much of a concern due to the constant battle with flies, ultimately impacting the overall well-being of cattle and us not getting our milk. Dr. Diddy, what are some of the variety of practices that are used to target fly populations and at the different stages of development? I really always insist that if you're trying to combat an organism, you need to understand their life cycle. So the fly life cycle is not a complicated one. There are eggs and then the eggs hatch and then you see larvae. So those are the maggots, those disgusting little white squirmy things. And then those will pupate, almost like butterflies also make pupa. And then from the pupa, adult flies emerge. So those are the four stages. You have the eggs, the larvae, the pupa, and the adults. And there are different ways that you can target the four different stages. So eggs is really complicated. There's no drug that you can give to stop the eggs, but you can limit the breeding sites where the flies can lay eggs. The second part is if you want to target the larvae specifically, there are products called insect growth regulators. So Novaluron is a common one or popular one that you will be able to find at the co-ops. What that drug does is it prevents the sort of the squishy maggot developing into the crunchy fly. So that outside exoskeleton, the outside skeleton of the fly can't develop if you use those, but you have to apply it to the larvae. Then thirdly, the pupa, it's quite new, but there are wasps that can attack the pupa fly. So you can buy these wasps. They're quite expensive, so it's not commonly practiced. And then the one we all know the best is, is sprays that you, dips that you can apply for the adult flies. So the most effective one at this stage are pyrethroids for flying insects. Delta methrin. So there are various products on the market containing delta methrin. If you can look for something containing delta methrin, that will go, that will have the best effect on flying insects and that you can apply to your animal. So if flies come and land on them, they get contact with this, it's a poison, but it's not a poison, it's a adulticide, and then the fly will die. Alternatively, you get pyrethroids that you can spray on the walls. So if you have a, a stable or a shed where the flies are sort of crowd or ward, you can spray the walls and then when the insect goes and sits on the wall, it makes contact with the poison and then will fly away and go die somewhere else. So that's the options. You can either attack the larvae or the adults and then not have breeding grounds for the eggs to be laid. It's actually very interesting because we just mentioned how essential flies are to the ecosystem and then eventually also just how to potentially get rid of them for the health of the animals. Now that we are here, perhaps Dr. Saki, you can perhaps share with us what does an integrated management program look like? An integrated management program consists of the products that Dr. Didi was just talking about now. To use them, we need to understand that effectively fighting flies just goes beyond relying on insecticidal products. So to truly win the fight against flies, we must embrace a holistic approach. This does not only reduce chemical costs, but also reduces the burden of flies on our farms. So there are four essential elements to consider in our integrated approach into fighting flies. Flies. Firstly, we have environmental control, which involves taking proactive steps to eliminate or reduce fly breeding sites. This means managing manure effectively, whether it's by removing it, spreading it out to dry, or using products that can kill fly larvae. As Dr. Didi mentioned, we can also look at a second important component, which focuses on manure treatment, which is all about preventing number of flies from multiplying products like insect growth regulators, 
such as the Redify granular that you can find in co-ops can be invaluable in this regard to help to disrupt the life cycle of flies, making it harder for them to infest your farms. The third aspect of our holistic approach involves controlling flies on the animals themselves. This can be achieved through the use of dips and pawns, as Dr. Didi mentioned right now, that contain chemicals effective against flies and ticks like the pyrethroids that we're talking about, the deltamethrins. Keeping our livestock fly-free is not just a matter of their comfort, but also their health and productivity. So lastly, the fourth component takes us to the stables where the animals are. Strategically placing baits to attract and eliminate flies in these areas is a good move. By doing so, we can create fly-free zones, making life more comfortable for both our livestock and ourselves. So with that said, by embracing all four of these components, we create a comprehensive approach that ensures a more effective and sustainable strategy for controlling flies on our farms. And finally, what is your advice about fly management for health management? Both of you can give advice on that. Perhaps we can start with Dr. Didi and then Dr. Saki, you can end us off. The main thing for me is that you, the sooner you start, the better. So we have our peak and fly numbers in December, January. But if you sort of control the fly population from springtime, so now September, October, November, you'll have a much reduced population December. So as I said, flies aren't bad, but you don't want massive numbers of them. So you... Um, yeah, if you start early in spring, that's great. So we're still in November, so there's still time for you guys to start. And then, as Saki said, environment is everything. And so if you can sort of do manure management, is a very good start. If animals die, remove those carcasses. Don't just leave them there for periods of time because that's what the flies are there for. They need to help with the decomposition and removal of carcasses. So if you can remove carcasses and you remove a breeding ground. Yeah, just to add on, effective fly management is essential for maintaining the health and well-being of both animals and humans. So always consult with experts such as veterinarians or entomologists or agriculture extension services, whoever is at your disposal to develop a more specific fly management tailored for your specific location and cattle management practices that you have on your farm. And also maintain records of fly control efforts that you tried and their outcomes, as this will help you evaluate the effectiveness of your strategies over time. Ensure that everyone on the farm involved in animal care and farm management is educated about the importance, the negative and the positive of fly control and the methods being employed. Thanks so much, Dr. Didi and Dr. Saki. For more on the topic, visit www foodformzanzi.co.za And this week, we celebrate hashtag soil sister Ellen Cowing. In the heart of the Northern Cape, Ellen defies stereotypes, carving her path in agriculture. Today, she also inspires a new wave of empowered entrepreneurs in the sector as part of the Soil Sisters cohort. There's quite a lot of challenges farming, especially when you are under-resourced. Uh, when I started in the communal, we had a challenge of the land. My stock was not safe. Well, the cattle, the animals were just uh, roaming around, fall into the canals, uh, arrive, uh, stock theft. And uh, the finances, finances as well, being unable to purchase perhaps maybe the fence in order to make a way for, for your stock. So there's quite a lot when you start. And uh, with this um, 
land that I have, I've acquired uh, from the Department of Rural Development and Land Affairs. Things have uh, have been much better. Um, yes, uh, though the finance is still a challenge, being unable to buy machineries in order to cultivate the land to put up the crop and stuff, yes. Ellen is one of the phenomenal women selected to participate in the 2023 Hashtag Sources Catch a full interview on www.foodformzanzi.co.za and on Foodformzanzi's YouTube channel. And that's a wrap. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Rami, Octavius Pandil, our technical producer, Megan van der Fiend, and the rest of the hashtags with Fumzanzi. Thanks for listening. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.